You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network, powered by Interstate Batteries. From your truck to your trail camera, Interstate Batteries has you covered. Visit your local Interstate Battery store today or online at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Welcome to the Transition Wild Podcast, the home for those looking for expertise and inspiration on all things Western big game hunting. I'm your host, Adam Parr, and you're listening to episode number 16, where we talk with Charlie Williams and Josh Foster on Colorado backcountry elk hunting. Hello, hello. How's everyone doing? Hope everyone's having a great day. I know I am. I'm excited. Weekend's coming up. The weather's getting nice. It's May, it's feeling close to summer finally, and uh, I'm ready I'm ready to start digging into some elk scouting. I can't wait to get out there on the mountains. And speaking of which, another episode of the Transition Wild Podcast. Today we have on my good friends Charlie Williams and Josh Foster, and we're talking about Colorado archery elk hunting, and we're really diving into their story from last year's 2017 hunt brought a couple of my other good buddies that came out as well um they weren't on this episode recording with them but uh we just had josh and charlie kind of giving us the tale of events that happened but it's a really really cool story um when we talk about backcountry hunting these guys were literally no cell service you know miles from roads uh, you know tents and tarps on their back everything they needed going in for a week at a time and just really really cool it's especially for your first time ever going on an elk hunt these guys kind of took it to the to the ninth power so to speak and they were able to to take a really really cool bull it's an absolute freak bull if you haven't seen it it's got a big club coming down and just a big non-typical colorado public land over-the-counter bull and was recently featured, uh, let's see, it would have been a February-March edition of Eastman's Bowhunting Journal. So that story and that hunt that we're talking about today was featured in that magazine. So this is, again, a really exciting, really interesting episode. You're going to learn a lot, and I hope you're inspired. So um, I'm looking forward to kicking that off. Before we get started, though, make sure, if you haven't already, Go over and subscribe to the Transition Wild podcast. We're on the Western Big Game Hunting feed, so make sure you're you're subscribing there. And if you if you be so kind, leave us a five star review. It'd be much much appreciated. That stuff goes a long ways and and means a lot. So appreciate you doing that. Make sure you're checking out transitionwild.com. I still have the freebie download. If you if you subscribe, you get the free PDF guide, which is basically a um, five DIY Western hunts that you can do for you and a buddy under a thousand dollars. So make sure you go over there, check that out, subscribe. I'll send you that for free. Spoiler alert, Colorado elk hunting is on that list. So make sure you go do that. And if you like it, what you're hearing, um, you know, also check us out on social media, Facebook, Instagram, follow sportsman's nation as well on Instagram and Facebook. A lot of cool episodes from some of the other guys on the podcast network. All right, without further ado, let's get my buddy Charlie and Josh on the line. 
Yep. Can you hear me? <laughs> this is gonna be fun. This is gonna be <laughs> lots of fun. So much fun. Come here, buddy. Scooch in tight, you two. Get in nice and All close. Right. Like. Can, I, can I rub his inner thigh? No. <laughs> that sounds good. Cool. Let's uh, let's kick this shit show off. It's been. Let's see. We're out here, Charlie's property today. And after, how long have we been messing with this stuff? Probably over an hour, maybe an hour and a half. Probably two. We've had had some technical difficulties. My mixer that I've been using for my podcast broke last night. I was doing a podcast with with Joe Wilson, who was on the last one, and uh, I had a little piece fall out, and I didn't know what it went to. Well, we get to do this podcast today. And lo and behold, it had broken off the mixer and, you know, it didn't work. So we had to run over to Buddy's house and get that all figured out, grabbed his mixer, and then we had to learn how that worked. So here we are almost two hours later than what we anticipated, but we're going we're gonna to make this happen. Um, and earlier today, we, we went out and did a little shed hunting. That was pretty cool. A little too much snow. It was, yeah. It's, uh, that's the unfortunate thing. When did you guys get the snow? A couple of days ago? Uh, it's been on and off for the last couple weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So unfortunately there was a little bit too much snow here today, but, um, you know, it's still fun to get out and, and do it and check out the property. Uh, but Josh tell, um, so I'm sitting here, Charlie Williams. I grew up with him. Um, we went to high school together and, been buddies for a long time and we're sitting here with josh foster he also went to the same high school but you graduated oh three oh three yeah i'm an old man a little older <laughs> charlie and i graduated together in 2007 and uh so anyways we're just we're sitting here having a good time but what i really i really wanted to bring them on the show for is to dive into their kind of first elk hunt that they went on this past fall and it's a pretty pretty sweet story and uh they kind of just went for it and uh you know made it happen and we'll kind of dive into all the details here if that sound good to get you guys yeah absolutely um so what what's your guys this whole deal did you was this something you guys been thinking about for the last couple of years like taking a trip um josh i mean you've hunted whitetails for a while but was this your first western hunt absolutely yep. and i mean who doesn't want to go out elk hunting i mean i've dreamed of that my whole life so yeah finally just put it together and we went for it yeah never been out there before so yeah it was awesome yeah and charlie you've been thinking about it for the last couple oh, yeah. years i come out to colorado hang out with you do a little shed hunting a couple years ago and then I was thinking about going the year after to do a elk hunt, but nothing couldn't get anybody to commit. So I told everybody, all my buddies, I was like, I'm going to um, elk hunt in Colorado next year. So if you want to go, let's go. And yeah. Had uh, Josh and my brother-in-law and then one of our other buddies decided they wanted to do it. So made it happen in uh, 2017. Yep. Yeah, and what's cool about these guys is um – you know, they really had no intel going into it other than some scouting. I mean, hunting in a similar area to where I've been, but, I mean, it's completely different in the scheme of things. It's probably at least five miles away from, from where I usually hunt, and it's a completely different landscape, and you guys pretty much just went in blind. 
other than some scouting and yes. you know kind of yeah. hitting the ground we went out shed hunting one time and that showed us where the sheds were but that Not wasn't working. even where the, the elk weren't there in september yeah, yeah. Well, let's let's back up and let's talk a little bit about like what you guys did maybe to kind of prepare for this immediate area. Were you diving into Google Earth quite a bit and just kind of studying the terrain? And I know you had different options because I know you got out there the first day and you ran into a parking lot full of cars. Yeah. And yeah. you backed out and tell us a little bit about like kind of scouting, you know, maybe online and then how you got into maybe the first day of the hunt. Well. Started with a lot of podcasts. Um, then after that, when we kind of had a general idea on how to do it, we went through Google Earth and all those, um, all those tools. And uh, <laughs> I'm cracking a beer. Sorry, hey, mountains <laughs> are blue, <laughs> even in Michigan. Mm -hmm. We uh, used like KMZ maps overlays to find like. Summer, summer areas and transition areas and breeding grounds and stuff. And then kind of had a spot picked out that we wanted to go in and put the boots on the ground too. But we pulled in there after driving a day and a half and there was about 60 cars there for Labor Day weekend. And we decided to pitch that idea and uh, ended up going to a spot where we shed hunted to give that a shot. But it was rough. First day we... We drove for 26 hours, then we got out of the truck and went up the mountain. So Yeah, it, it was uh, 3.30 in the morning when we uh, left the truck after driving <laughs> for a day straight. So yeah. that was rough. Yeah, I mean, that, that first morning or when you guys got there, I imagine you're pretty, pretty wore down. Plus, you're coming off of... Uh, you know, sea level, basically, pretty here. Pretty much, yes. Yeah, and then you're, was... you're up at... You know what was the parking area there? Probably eight, nine thousand yeah. somewhere yeah. in there. It was like nine. Yeah, so you're basically running on adrenaline at that point and just wanting to get right. out there. So, um, so yeah, you guys kind of had a couple different areas picked out, but that you guys went into that first area, right? So you parked there and then you went in for like what a day? Two we couple were there days. Two days. Yep. Couple days. Moved camps twice. No elk. No elk sign. Didn't hear any bugles. Nothing. So we're we just decided to go back to the truck, go down into town, get on the computer, and get back on Google Earth. Yeah. And we just went into this other area, which, I mean, I think we'd all looked at it on Google Earth. It was fairly close. And just went down this. And what, what was your reasoning for, for going to that area? Was it pretty tough to access or yeah, just was, a little bit off the beaten path or what, what was what was that reasoning lots was, of north facing slopes i think was one you know it was all timber mm -hmm. and it was in there a ways too and then the topo lines were steep so we figured it'd be a little bit less pressured right and that's what we were going for we were 10 day trip backpacking in so you know we were trying to get away from the crowds yeah 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 well and that's and that's one thing i mean one thing to consider too is like when you get out there and you do see all that traffic or you're not seeing the sign it's something where don't be afraid to pull up camp and and move around and and one thing that you guys did that i really like is you guys took off two weeks right yeah, yeah. two full weeks so i mean that makes a huge difference because if you if you let's say we're on a five-day hunt 
or there for six days. Yeah, That's been, a little tough to say, all right, we've been here for two days and we're going to pull out and go to a completely different spot. Right. You're rolling the dice. Yeah. So, I mean, if... If you're going to do five days, you better have your duck in a row. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah. I would, yeah. yeah. I would do two weeks. Two weeks off from work, you know, gives you 10 days of hunting. I would do no less. Yeah. I don't think it'd be worth... I don't think it'd be worth the money for the tag and getting out there and... Yeah. I mean, you if know, you're a Western it, guy and you can scout all that, then five days is completely different. Yeah, but absolutely. if you're coming from out east, then you might want to have some time. Yeah. 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 And I mean, Joey and I were even talking about that as well. It's like, even when we were in Iowa this past fall, I mean, you get four or five days in and you really feel like you're starting to kind of learn the terrain and you're getting in a groove acclimated yeah yeah especially for the elevation i think after about three or four days our whole group all four of us was getting up and down the mountain way better than you know it was a lot easier yeah you know yeah to be acclimated yeah were you were you guys doing a lot of physical prep prior to the trip i mean more than normal or what did that look like i was definitely doing more than normal i do construction for a living so i'm very active at work but uh you know, I was trying to run. I'd walk with my pack, and uh, I didn't do enough. I mean, it hurt. There's no doubt about that. I do it again. I'm definitely going to do more legs yeah. because uh, legs are on fire. You know, you're. We all left the truck the first day, and I brought a scale, and we weighed our packs. All four of us were within 70 and 75 pounds. So, I mean, you go up the mountain, <laughs> they're steep, and. That's one thing which we talked about earlier today. I wish we had some better hills around here that we could just, you know, load our packs up and work out on. But it's it's pretty much flat. So, yeah. Yeah. So either walk around the mile on flat ground or go to the gym and throw some weight in your pack and get on the stair stepper. That wasn't very fun. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, preparation is no joke. You you want to be prepared. Yeah, yeah, and I, I'm not I'm not one of those guys that you have to be like in the best shape of your life per se. But anything you can do prior to going out and you know is going gonna make, on, it's going to make it for a better hunt. Yeah, There's, yeah, that's for sure. Plus, you got your gear, and and for somebody like what you guys were doing, um, you know, these guys were basically going in with everything on your back. I mean, it wasn't like you were hunting from the road. It wasn't like you were hunting out of a cabin like I do or <laughs> or Sam's house and drive up to where we go. Yeah. Um, I mean, you literally had food, water, your tents, your sleeping bags, all that stuff, gear packed into your pack. So it wasn't like it was a lightweight, you know, day hunt and you're going in with that. So nope. it's got to be a little bit more preference towards your gear and uh, your physical fitness around that as well. What are our packs weight going in? About 70, 60. 70, no, 70, 75 pounds. Yeah, that's pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah. So talk to us about that too. Like um, before we kind of get into, I want to hear all the details of like, you know, walking us through, we kind of already led up to like the first couple of days were just kind of a bust for you guys and, and pressure and you weren't getting into elk, so you moved to a different area. But, um, and we already talked about a little bit about scouting and kind of how you went about that. But let's talk a little bit about your gear and your setup as far as uh, you know let's say like packs and and tents knowing that you were going to go into more of a lightweight setup what what were you were you guys all running the kafaru yeah packs? Ex- except three for of us 
Three of us had okay. Kafaru. Got we it. had a Everly stock. Got it. Okay. And then uh, we went with tarps, the Kafaru Super tarps, kind of to save some weight. I think those come in at a pound yep. just for the tarp. So And then your stakes. So. Yeah. With And then you got the stakes, which are like, I can't remember the numbers on those, but it was definitely some weight savings versus a tent and the way we planned to hunt was kind of like run and gun style so we didn't want to commit to an area and have to tear down and set up and kind of made it easier in that aspect um yeah so this wasn't you weren't going into this hunt like thinking that you were going to go set up maybe a base camp you know and then and then hunt from there as day hunts you were kind of thinking more along the strategy of bring everything with you and then wherever you end up if you get into a good sign you've yeah. got everything you need right, right? That, yeah. that's yeah. what we had planned but that kind of changed we did go in you know we'd go into an area set a camp up and day hunt from there and then come back but we never stayed at one campsite for more than maybe three, days. Yeah, three or four nights and yeah, then, and then we would say, "Well, we need to move over to here, yeah, or what have you." So, got it. Now on those uh, Kefaru, um, what are they? Tarps, teepees, whatever. Tarps. Tarps. Yeah. tarps. Could you can you uh, do it where you can cut your own poles or whatever to save some weight, or is yeah. it not really that big a difference? You can use. Way? Uh, well, you can use trekking poles or sticks. So were you guys using trekking poles? Yeah, at all? yeah. oh, you trekking were. Trekking poles. Okay, got it. Yeah, and that's another thing. Talking about gear, absolutely want some trekking poles for heavy loads and and buy a halfway decent set. Unlike myself, I broke uh, one of my trekking poles about <laughs> the first hour and a half into our trip. Oh no! But uh, what happened there? I fell <laughs> in the oak brush down it, the mountain. Not all the way down, but yeah, took a little tumble, got hung up in some oak brush because it was uh, you know four in the morning and it was dark and. Yeah, so, I can see how that would happen. Well, you don't need to buy a $150 set either. Uh, mine were 20 and uh, you guys, what, well, like 40 bucks? Yeah, I was going to upgrade, though. Yeah. Just because just cause you like to spend money. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie's kind of a gear nut. He buys really good quality stuff, which I don't blame him. Um, but uh, it's it's better that way, I think, yeah, in the long term. But, spend the money now. Yeah, Boots. Yeah, what were you guys doing for boots? Uh, I run the, the Mendels. Oh, those Cabela's yep. Mendels. Yeah, that's yep. what I run I too. Really, really liked them. I think I, you guys ran Crispies, right? Yeah, we ran the Crispy Idaho GTXs. I like those. Yeah. So, you, yeah, definitely don't go cheap on a pair of boots. Yeah. You definitely no. uh, get your feet in kind of conditioned. Toughen them up. Yeah. yeah. Maybe walk around barefoot. We were taping our feet with... Uh, Luco tape. Yeah. Which you actually... Your feet didn't react very well with them, right? Yeah. I got some allergic reaction with the adhesive. Really? Yeah. So, like, I'd have it, it on... blister out more because of that? No, or? it just itched. Like, I'd get, like, an itching rash. Yeah. I mean, I... They didn't... It didn't bother me at all. I put the Luco tape on, like, halfway up our first climb because I was getting a hot spot, and I had it on the... The whole trip after that. Got so, it. It yeah. stays on. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I mean, we I taped our heels. was probably the biggest thing that yeah. was getting me. And then maybe and then a pinky toe. 
pinky toe and big toe or rub a little but yeah yeah definitely see, something to throw in the uh pack for sure yeah and see i've never had for myself i've never had to deal with that because i'm more of a i'll go in for two days and then come out or hunt from the road and hike in that way so i've never had to deal with a situation on those extended hunts because one or two days isn't that big of a deal but you're five six days in and you start having blisters or something going wrong you're you're basically you know sitting duck yeah it's not fun yeah the towards the end of the trip the bottom of my toes was blistering from all the steep stuff we were in and that got pretty rough and you just kind of suffer through it yeah i know uh what is it is it like lathrop and sons have you heard yeah, of them? yeah so they'll actually like uh custom yeah you send boots. them i don't know how it works but i know they take a measurements off your foot or you, you yeah like, i think they send you like, like a, a mold kit or something you yep. step on it and it takes your you know basically they design a sole around your, yeah. your your actual foot yeah um so that could be something for you know the guys that are going out there on kind of backpack backcountry hunts um you know something to look into even though it's probably i know it's can be kind of expensive a couple hundred bucks i think but well worth it when you spend all that money like you said and all that time and you know yeah i everything i boots would be right up there with the most important thing absolutely yeah, yeah for sure what about food? I mean, uh, as far as that stuff, I mean, were you guys running mountain house stuff or did you do like a lot of like, let's say dried or, um, tuna and ramen, tuna and ramen. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. I, I had a couple meals of tuna and ramen and, uh, <laughs> definitely not on the favorite. Wouldn't eat it at home for mm-hmm. sure. And, uh, Ray Hummel, the other guy that was out there with us, he actually, uh, he made a bunch of the food. And oh really? It was, it was really like good. Like in a dehydrator and like. No, just bought. Stuff? He bought like dehydrated chicken and then put all this. Uh, oh, got it. You know these meals together, and I wish I could think of the website that he got this from, and I can't right now. But they were some of them were really good, okay. really hearty. Um, food or like breakfast, we were doing mainly oatmeal, you know, with some protein in it mm-hmm. and stuff like that for breakfast. And did someone have a jet boil? Yeah. I had a, well, I had a Soto Windmaster, so it's like, it's kind of like a pocket rocket, but a little bit, pretty much the same concept. Yeah. And then Ray had a jet boil. You know, I had a jet boil, which knowing now what I know, if if I would have known then what I know now, I would not have had a jet boil because apparently they do not support hunting. Oh, really? So yeah, they're super, They're more of like a you know hiker they're in the backpack industry and i've heard a lot of stories about people that hunt try and get refunded and they're just anti-hunters really right Hmm. so uh i'll have to look into that a little further that's weird yeah i'd go msr if i was gonna get like a packable stove Mm -hmm. probably go with a msr reactor i did like the jet boil because i could drink my coffee out of it in the morning and i'm a coffee drinker yeah it's a nice luxury that was that was one uh plus to that yeah yeah for sure um now like obviously you'd probably like leave a lot of of that food or whatever at your camp maybe for a day or two um but like what how much food do you think you were bringing in like how many pounds we kind of oh man like was it like 20 pounds of food each or well not we didn't that much? we didn't take we didn't, the whole 10 days in 
we would kind of look at the area and decide how long we wanted to stay before we thought we might be back at the truck. So say five, six days of food in a good area. Yeah. So we'd take, we, I had my food separated in the each day would be in like a gallon Ziploc. So then throw like five Ziplocs in my main pack and then just go up and hang it. But it depended on the scenario and what the area around it looked like before we'd... Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, food is heavy. Yeah. That, that There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you guys were for water just running uh, filters? Or were you doing tablets or... I had steri- a... You had a SteriPen, yeah, right? Yeah, I used a SteriPen. How'd you like that? I mean, is it, I mean, oh, they're awesome. Because what's nice about, I mean, like Colorado, you got high mountain, you know, rivers and creeks. You're not too worried about filtering a bunch of mud and dirt or whatever out of it so you, you know, can just drop that for the, for the most part <laughs> we we had to get some water out of a couple of rough places but ray had a filter so okay so if he needed that, it yeah that worked good for those places but yeah the stair pen was awesome nice nice we went with the i used the classic three classic three i think classic. it was a classic three but yeah, i've heard some complaints about the newer styles with like the smiley face on it that those will die or whatever, but the classic just runs on AA batteries and. Got it. Yep. You want to run uh, lithium batteries. Got I, it. That makes I, sense, I, especially yeah, when it's I, getting cold at night and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I, I learned that the hard way. I was the only one without lithium batteries, and, and my batteries didn't died. Work. <laughs> but uh, you know, luckily I obviously have extra batteries with me, and I, I think Jonah gave me a set of lithium batteries to to uh, put in my straw and. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, we've pretty much kind of covered, I mean, high level of like what you guys were doing for gear and, you know, preparation and scouting. And we talked about kind of the first couple days of getting out there and, you know, pulling out of the area. Let's, let's, because it's such a cool story and, and, um, you know, getting into this whole thing. What, what did you guys do as far as, so you moved to this new area. Um, there's four of you in the group. You guys are running two and two. Uh, were you two hunting together off the start, or well, were the, you guys mixing and matching, or just kind of how'd you guys settle that out? The first day we got into our new area, well, we go up there, and by the time we get to the spot we want to make camp, it's pretty much dark. So I was like, well, I guess I could try and rip a bugle to see if like anything's here, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, we this get. Is- first week end of august right yeah like this was uh august 29th 28th or 29th or something yep so bugle once and then we get bulls from over on the back side of the ridge that we were initially at bugling back at us where we didn't think there were any elk (laughs) (laughs) well we actually spotted two bulls bedded down after we moved and they were way across this huge ravine I mean, you could barely make out they were bulls, but we're like, we were just over there, probably within a couple miles of these two bulls, you know, yeah. and, but... Ain't that a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So, we bugle, they answer, and then there's a creek right next to our camp, and we get another bull on the other ridge answer, and then he must have felt aggressive that day, because he came running down on the other side of this creek, like, probably 200 yards away from us, just right in the line and bugled again so that got us all amped up for the morning yeah so we kind of 
weren't really sure on the area, so we kind of went off as a whole, all four of us together, and kind of just trying to find sign. And we were looking at the topo a lot. Um, like we'd our we'd find a bench. Yeah, was that something like a focus? Like you were trying. Yeah, to- that was after when we found like sign. Like every bench was just littered. Yeah, rubs and yeah, beds rubs and, and shit. And, and this is all predominantly north facing kind of dark timber or did it kind of vary a little bit dark timber for sure yeah so yeah. probably yeah north that, northeast yeah northwest, northeast you know. were pretty much the good ones yeah yeah um but yeah we we went up as four people all four of us together and found a bunch of sign and then we did some cold calling just kind of cow calls weren't really sure what we were doing it was like early in the morning, we'd get to a spot and bugle and nothing would answer. And then we'd just cow call mm-hmm. and then kind of see what would happen. We're just kind of treating it like turkey hunting over here. And uh, the whole first day was just kind of nothing. And yeah, putting miles on. The, yeah. yeah, the first day into the new spot, we did a huge loop. What yeah. was that like? We did like 12 miles. or 14 miles. Yeah. Just, I mean, we were done. <laughs> <laughs> we actually did get an answer that day. Um we were all tired out. It was later. It was Push, probably a couple hours before dark. And we were coming back, and a couple of them wanted to practice bugling, so he's ripping on the bugle tube, you know? <laughs> so all of a sudden, we get a bugle above us, and we're like, man, shit, it's probably an elk. <laughs> so we're getting all amped up, and we're bugling back, and he's bugling back, and we're running in. And then we get all set up, and it's like it's kind of like a chess match, you know? Like, you'd make a move, and he'd make a move, and... Still couldn't see what was going on, and it turned out to be another group of hunters. <laughs> but it, it's good for the heart. They were all of our hearts were pumping. Yeah, were so. you both just like closing in on <laughs> yeah, each other? Yeah, You're about yeah. to go to battle, and you guys were like, "Oh no, that's, yeah, uh, I, that's not like, what I'm looking for." I was sitting right next to Ray, and I'm like, oh, "I can hear him coming. I can hear the sticks <laughs> breaking." Right, and then all of a sudden, I see this dude stand up, and I'm like, "Oh man!" Yeah, that that kind of takes the wind out of the sail right there. Yeah, but good practice nonetheless. Yeah. So that was the end of the first day? Yeah. Or in this new spot? Yeah. So it was basically like your third day, right? Third, fourth day? Yeah. Third. Third, I think. Yeah. Somewhere in there. So you kind of, so you scouted this immediate area. You maybe, what was kind of the takeaway from that day? Did you find some spots you're like, yeah, we need to go back here tomorrow? Or were you still kind of like, yeah, it's decent and we're going to try something different? Pretty much still didn't know what to do. Yeah, um, we did figure out that the benches were where the elk were. Yeah, like where they would spend time. Even though you didn't maybe see one that day or get into yeah. any that day, like the sign was there. Yeah, yeah, got it. Yeah, it was night. We actually seen fresh elk shit. Yeah, which we hadn't seen in our previous spot. The elk turds were so hard we could have shot them out of a slingshot. <laughs> you know, probably there from last winter. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's smart and and. Like I said, you, when you get to those areas, you know, you you can tell and you can smell it, too. Oh, yeah. You know, it yeah. smells like a barnyard, and, and you could have just missed them a day ago, but at least you had a, it sounds like a pretty good feeling that, hey, there's at least elk in the area. Yeah. So, uh, the next day, we were kind of came up with a game plan that night. There was two, we looked on the map again, and there was a couple like meadows on the other side so we're like well let's just go over there mess around see if we can cold call over there see if we like ultimately the whole 
time we were just trying to get something to bugle to work with. Yeah. But we couldn't really get any answers. So we go over there and cold call in. Nothing happened. Kind of just took that day easy. That was the evening that it rained. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, we seen that big mule deer. Yeah. Probably seen like nice. 180, 190 inch muley. Yeah, I remember you saying that. That's that's sweet. That's sweet. Because when we left that, that afternoon, Ray and Jonah dropped down to this other bench, low. Oh, yeah. To hunt. And uh, you and I were going to go up to this bench we wanted to get to that was i don't know what 1500 feet up from where we were at yeah it, it was a pretty good climb and it was steep well it started to rain so we just kind of hung around these meadows and no elk you know no bugles but seen the big mule deer yeah so then that evening or that night back at camp we decide the next morning charlie and i is going to go up to that bench yeah. And hunt and uh, Ray and Jonah were gonna go back down to that bench they were at the evening before because it looked good. No, they yeah. got they got into some cows. That was down, that evening. Yeah, they got okay. into a bunch of cows down yeah. there. Yeah. So basically, after you did that kind of first initial day, you guys then split off into two different, you know, yeah. you know pairs of two. Yeah. You know. So okay, cool. So the fourth day, basically a mule deer. It was raining, and. Not much action other than they saw a couple cows, yeah. Ray and Jonah, yep. from there. All right, so now we're at day five. Let's talk about that. So you're going back up to this other bench, right? Well, yeah, September 1st. I woke up late. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure at this point you're probably you know, starting to kind of like wonder, like, hey, what's... we're tired. We've put in a lot of miles. Feel yeah. like something's rolling. But what? talk about a little bit about the mental side. I mean, were you guys kind of... There was, I mean, I'm like a super hopeful person and, uh, like I'll like look at the map and I'll just say, screw it, let's go here and don't really think about the whole physical aspect of it. And then, so that was a benefit. I just had to persuade everyone else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was definitely the driver, uh, you know, Mr. Jim rat. <laughs> but. I mean, yeah, you, it's it's definitely steep. It's hard. You definitely gotta, uh, yeah, just shut your mind off and go up the hill. Yeah, yeah, and that in that deadfall in the north facing oh, timber, Lord. it's like it, you're crawling through a jungle. That's yeah. what it feels I, like. I don't know why elk even would want to live there. That's what I kept saying. Because <laughs> it keeps us out of there. Yeah. That's that's why they're there. Yeah. So so day five, you're up at the you go up, plan is to go up and hunt this bench. Yeah. And were there meadows and stuff up there too or what's, what's there was, the elevation uh it was about 2100 foot difference from where you camped yeah oh wow Damn. yeah it was uh 10 9 oh so you're getting up there yeah. yeah so we go up well wake up late have some breakfast and then we're like all right we're splitting up kind of in a rush because somebody woke up late but <laughs> there's uh creek that goes down right next to camp we go down there grab some water and then the climb starts from there we i grabbed like two liters josh took three i think we start wandering up go through these meadows that were across from our camp and then we see like we're just look kind of like still on a scouting mission pretty much because we haven't been on this side yet past those meadows mm -hmm. so we uh check on the map and we see another open spot we're like well let's check that out it might be another good meadow you know <laughs> well that turned out to be just like a giant washout of trees 
dead fall. Oh, yeah, just, like a, oh, yeah. maybe oh, like right. an old avalanche chute that they were all yeah, just, it was wind came through and knocked them all over. Yes, yeah. it was awful. <laughs> <laughs> it looked clear from the aerial, but yeah. it, it yeah. was not. I've been there, done that. Believe so me. make it through that maze, and then we're like pretty close to that bench now. We'll get up on this bench, and... uh see a rabbit so we were pretty excited about that so josh shoots him after, yeah after i had to wait for charlie to take about 15 pictures and about scared it away i'm like Dude, this is camp dinner yeah i mean that'd be a nice little uh little extra from what you were eating these yeah. ramen noodles yeah no kidding no kidding so get up get up on this bench and it's just like littered with sign we find our first wallow um Rubs are everywhere. There's fresh shit everywhere. Like, we're pumped. And I'm, like, sun's just breaking the ridge. And it rained the day before, so it was all wet and, like, cooled down. So the steam's coming off. And it was just... Pretty epic was, morning. Yeah. Yeah. It was like Lord of the Rings kind of shit. <laughs> it felt elky. Yeah. Like it oh, was. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, man, there's probably bugle here. Josh like, go for it. So I'm, like, all out of wind. Got a dip in. Got my reed in. <laughs> And I think the reed was full of chew or something because this was not a pretty bugle. But we got two bulls to answer. One was like way away, and then there was another one that was like above us. Probably about a mile, would you say? I have no idea. It was, was the first elk bugle. Off, yeah, that know? was the first elk bugle I'd ever heard. So, you know, to judge that's pretty cool. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. That's why we went out there. Yeah, for sure. So we're like, all right, well, let's keep working on this and see if he'll answer again, you know. So so were you moving towards him at this point? kind of. I mean, he's up on a ridge, and then there's another ridge over here, and there's kind of like a drainage in the middle. So mm -hmm. it kind of works on together. Sides. He was on the same side as us. Oh, okay, got it. So he's like pretty much straight vertical of us. Yep. And uh, so we were kind of following this drainage up, trying to stay like relatively flat. We're just kind of working up and uh, go about 100 yards, probably five minutes or so, and bugle again, and he bugles back, and he was closer this time. So we're like, we're getting a little pumped up, you know? So I bugle again back at him, and it was like more aggressive, you know, like, all He's right. getting fired up. Yeah. So Damn. I was like, all right, let's work on this. So we keep going and going and going, give it about 10 minutes, and then bugled again, and he was even closer again, so... It's looking like it's about to happen. I'm getting all jacked up. I'm like, let's drop our packs. Yeah, dro you know? yeah drop our packs. I'm like, no, no, not yeah. You know, that was number one thing, you know, that my dad had told me because my dad had went out, you know, in the 80s and stuff. He did a lot of the backpacking hunt, hunting and said, don't drop your backpack without really knowing where it is. Mark, this is way before GPSs, you know, he's like, hang orange tape and, yeah. you know, you I've I've heard of that happening before. I mean, it's easy to do because, yeah. especially in a scenario like that where you don't know when it's going to happen and how far you're going to have to move, and you try to go back and find that pack, and it's like, right, it's impossible to find, and then you're shit out of luck at that point. So like, so you're hearing these bugles, and obviously, you know, he's getting closer, and you guys are getting closer. What what's kind of the pace? I mean, are you guys kind of like? booking it towards him or are you kind of just kind of taking your time and not making a lot of noise what did when that look he like? when he was answering like in the beginning we're just like taking our time and meandering just kind of being careful you know in case there was any elk closer 
mm-hmm. that didn't want to bugle back, you know. But once he was getting within that like 600 yard range and like it was apparent that he was going to show up, we we're kind of like, all right, let's go this way, kind of work towards where we were thinking he was going. It was pretty fast paced after that. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. So, um, so you're in that what you think is you know 600 yards or somewhere in that range tell us you know how how it unfolds from here so we go up again probably another 150 yards and it's like it's kind of like a like a half pipe you know like going up there's bank on this side bank on this side and we're just following up yeah so get up keep going and it's probably 150 yards from our last bugle and a little bit longer and I bugle again he doesn't answer <laughs> it's alright we're all good so <laughs> bugle again no answer and then we're like well let's just kind of take it easy for a minute and see if we hear any sticks pop in see if he showed up or anything you know so we walk, work up a little bit more and bugle again a little bit more aggressive like where are you at and uh, he answers this time like really close probably he was close. And then I said, we got to drop our packs right now. <laughs> what did you think? Like within 100 yards, 200, 200. yards? Oh, yeah, a couple hundred yards. Yeah. 200, yeah. 200, 300. Uh, yeah, so it's pretty darn close to that point. So we dump packs. Like every, We're like yelling at each other, like, let's go. Yeah, I'm hanging yeah. orange tape. He's marking it on the Onyx maps, you know. And then we go like 10 yards. I'm like, I left my rangefinder in my pack, <laughs> so I had to run back. It was it was crazy. Yeah, at this point, I mean, you got to be getting pretty. It's, yeah, oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's getting real at this yeah. point. So we're like we're like on a quick jog trying to find like an open spot, you know, and uh, get up to this spot. And I'm like watching up the ridge or watching up this valley, and like I see these legs, and I'm like shit. So I just <laughs> drop down on my knees, and Josh is like right behind me. He drops down, and we're like in a perfect spot. There's a shooting lane here, shooting lane here, another shooting lane to our right. So it worked out. So he was coming down, and um gets behind this like big pine tree you know and i'm like man what's how far is that it's like 60 so i'm like i don't see anything in front of that to draw and josh was like all right so if he goes left you got him if he goes right i'll shoot so i draw back while he's behind this pine tree and he's just lingering back there man (laughs) so he's like kind of held up just stop trying to figure out maybe where that yeah where that bugle didn't stop because of us he just stopped and stood there and stood there and charlie's at full draw it was a it was a long time so i put my cam down on my lean like on my leg resting it and got my like still a full draw so just kind of relaxed a little bit and then i finally see his legs move and he looks like he's about to come out like perfect and then he swirls and comes around the other side of the tree so been like waiting on josh to get a range and like he finally there was some brush in the way yeah, so. he kept telling me when he was standing there, he's like range him range him this is whatever i'm ranging i'm hitting 10 yards and he's farther than that you know it's just oh there's just sticks or brush or something because yeah. he kept going range him i'm like i'm hitting 10 yards range him range him i'm hitting 10 yards you know so it's all chaos going on yeah. probably in both of your minds yeah, right now it is a mess so he comes out and not the way that we thought and he comes out in this middle shooting lane and he stops quartering to me like a little bit not a lot not enough 
not enough to like not shoot. Like if you yeah. hug the shoulder, you're getting you're both there. lungs and liver. Yeah, it's like money. So I'm like settled in, my bow's up, I'm anchored and everything, and I'm like pulling through, and like right when I break my trigger, like I see his leg move, and it's like slow motion, you know? Yeah. So his leg's coming up, and he takes a step, and then I just see my arrow smoke him like right behind the lungs. I'm like, shit. So I'm like freaking out. I'm cow calling like without a read in. I'm just making cat sounds like. <laughs> yeah, he. I look. Yeah, just trying to stop him. Right. right? Yeah, Charlie's yeah. trying to knock another arrow, and I'm like, I have an arrow knocked, right? <laughs> Finally, get my release on my D loop because I'm shaking like a son of a gun, you know, right? And bull only went what maybe 15 yards. Yeah, he stopped and got him stopped again. I draw back. I had a hole like the size of a basketball to shoot through. I let one go. Heard it hit him. I have no idea where I hit him. Charlie's like, oh, you smoked him, you smoked him. <laughs> and then the bull takes off, and we're like... Hops over the log, and he's gone. So we're like hugging, and like, holy shit, we just shot our first elk, you know? Like, yeah. super pumped. So we like kind of calm down, try and get in a hold of Jonah and Ray, but we don't have service. And then uh, kind of like let let everything settle a little bit, and we go up to where he was when I when I shot him. And we see blood, and it's like liver, liver hit, you know, dark, 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 dark yeah. yeah. So we're like trying to get a game plan going, trying to get a hold of people, but uh, nothing would work. So we're just kind of sitting there talking to ourselves and decide to give it a little bit. And then while while we were waiting, we heard like this moaning sound, or like it was like the elk sound in the direction that he went, and it was just like a moaning bugle. It was pretty sad. So we're like. What the hell was that? <laughs> but we're, you know, we pretty much know that he was dying. You know, yeah. that was. Yeah, you hit him you good know. enough to. Right. You know, he was just give him some time and he'll probably expire. Yep. So we gave it what? A, we said an hour and I think we made it 35 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, before we couldn't take it <laughs> yeah, anymore. Yeah, I mean, the adrenaline, I mean, yeah. the emotions. Hours a long time to wait on a, oh, you anything. know, something like that. Yeah. So yeah, 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 we made it 35 minutes. And, <laughs> Uh, Charlie is like the best blood tracker I've ever seen in the whole world. So, you know, he's watching for blood and I'm just, you scanning know, scanning and out in front with the binos. And, uh, we get up to where he shot and we find his arrow and it was snapped off and it was like, had like three, four inches yeah. penetrating. You know, I hit him right in the shoulder is what happened. So, uh, got it. So we get over this log and I'm just staring at the ground and Josh is like tapping me on the back. He's like, Dude, there's an elk, right? Here's an elk. I'm looking at his nutsack. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I seen this big brown body laying up there, like, what, 75 yards, mm -hmm. maybe? And uh, so I get the binos up, and he was laying right on his back. And, I mean, he was... Dunzo. Yep. Yeah. So Time. then we're like, oh, my God. I cannot believe it. <laughs> get up to him. He smells like piss and just stinks. Yeah. He, Old stinky bull. Yep. Yep, died, rolled over on his back. His, uh, the one club side was hung up on this tree. And, you know, it was a moment that neither one of us will ever forget. I guarantee that. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Tell us, uh, tell us a little bit of, describe, because it's a very, obviously, there's going to be pictures on, on the website, and, and we'll post to that. But describe what this bull looks like, because it's, like, truly one of a kind. So... When he was coming down the mountain, right before we shot, um, I saw his main beam on one side, and it was like a nice six by six, you know? And then 
his right side was like you couldn't see it really. You could see his main. Yeah, you, he came in on like, that side. Yeah, facing you. Yeah, the left side was facing us. Yeah. So, I see this thing under his mouth, and it's like just this big. Looked like the like the loose skin hanging off from a moose kind. Of, you yeah. Know, oh yeah, uh, yeah. By the neck. Just and, a crazy, yeah. <laughs> crazy looking thing. You know? Yeah. So you didn't really know at the time. Right. You could kind of tell something was going on there, but you didn't know what exactly. Right. It was. And I think by that time, both of us have hunted enough to like, all right, you know, we're not looking at the antlers anymore. Yeah. You know, we're trying yeah. to get it done. Just get a shot. And, yeah. yeah. So like, once you see it, it's like what you want. <laughs> it's just don't look at the horns. Yeah. <laughs> so. When we get up to him, man, it's like, comes off the right side. He's got two front eye guards, and it's just like. Which are long. I mean, the one was, what, two tw- and a half? 26 inches. 26 inches. Yeah. And then it, his main beam just kind of dropped down into like a. Club. Like a Neanderthal club, you know? <laughs> Great. I mean. <laughs> and it split kind of, too. Like it Kind of wanted to at the end. Yeah. It's, it's pretty amazing. Uh, I remember when you came back to to camp because he came down to to sam's place there and i had just got into town to do my hunt uh for the week and you open up the back of the truck and like i said it looks just like a six you know nice really nice bull but then you pull it out and i'm like the hell is that you know (laughs) like it's just nothing i'd ever seen before it's just a dark club had a little velvet hanging off yeah yeah super unique and like i said those, those fronts the one is 26 inches long. The other one's, you know. Not much shorter. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's it's a crazy bull for sure. So so you got this thing down and. Uh, yeah, we had to get him out of that mess that he was in and slide him down the hill. Roll him down. Okay. Yeah, trying to get some pictures and stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. And then um, got all our pictures. It was, it was like 1040 or something when we started cutting. And, yeah. uh the flies were insane. Yeah, cause it's pretty warm there. I mean, yeah. you, you shot it, that what September first. First, okay, yeah. And it was still yeah, hot. It was yeah. warm, and of course, where we could get him situated, where it was somewhat flat, where we could work on him, ended up the sun, you know, was right on us. So it's not we weren't even in its shade. Oh no. So yeah, yeah. That, that made it tough. And you couldn't get a hold of the other guys. No, we had service and they didn't. Oh. Okay. So yeah, we're texting. You know, like, you know, GPS coordinates and yeah, the whole. So we start, you know, we did the gutless method, which was awesome. First time I've cut a pile of whitetails up, you know, back here in Michigan. So, but I'd never done the gutless method. But, you know, some YouTube videos and, you know, it went really good. Yeah. Pretty much uh, I did most of the cutting and Charlie had a pine brow. Uh, beating the Charlie flies just, off Charlie just made a fire and took a nap hell no no he had to work too he had to hold the quarters up and it's a lot of work those oh. quarters are heavy they yeah. are man they're crazy but that's what I said after we got up there and we hadn't even moved the bull you know we just walked up on him and uh I said what in the hell are we gonna do with this thing you know <laughs> yeah at this point big. you gotta be like man that's a lot of meat right two of us right and big it, animal it's not like you're right next to the road no, you know, we're from Michigan. If you kill a 190 pound dressed out whitetail, that's a pretty good sized buck, you know. Yeah. And, you know, this thing's probably <laughs> 700 pounds laying on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost overwhelming to kind of think yeah. about once so. it's done. Um, so you're fighting off the flies, you're cutting. Did you guys debone it? Yep. Yep. 
we uh like we cut a quarter off and then i brought my tyvek with me oh see so okay that's yeah, that's a smart move so lay that yeah, down yeah. you got to clean yeah with a tarp with the tarp set up i i was running tyvek on the bottom to keep moisture out so i just like a multi-use thing yeah so bring the tyvek and we laid that out <clears throat> and then uh kind of like put a hind quarter on it or a shoulder and then deboned it all right there and then put it in the meat bags hung those until we got everything all cut up then we uh threw as much meat as we could in our packs and we found a seep earlier that day like 600 foot down below was, us or yeah, so it was quite a way it was yeah. probably halfway to camp so we dug out oh, a, so like a little creek little yeah creek, yeah. Yo. yeah yeah got it so we dug out a pool and had a construction style garbage bag you know and then put as much meat as we could in there and to keep it cool you know yeah it was like cool it was like 65 probably it was, it was warm you know yeah so then we go back up for the rest of the meat throw that in grab the head grab the rest of our gear and then we're like all right let's just get this to either that spot or just if see how we're feeling and go back to camp so we get to the spot and we're like all right let's just run this all the way down to the river so we get going all the way down and we come back up and it was right at dark when we got to back back up to get the second load we first dropped off from the creek and then uh loaded that up and headed back down to the bottom <laughs> sore yeah i imagine that's uh that's got to be pretty brutal how, how how many miles do you think it was you know i don't really know i'd be curious i don't know if we could look back on your onyx maps i thought it was like two and a half each trip One like way. from from the river to the kill spot. kill site and then the the seep was like charlie said it was it was a little bit closer but um i i will suggest uh take your heaviest load first because i did not do that <laughs> <laughs> yeah so what uh what do you think your packs were weighing over 100 that's a lot i mean yeah. but yeah with our <clears throat> little bit of gear that we had in there and our bows and and then you know Charlie packed the antlers and the skull with uh, you packed antlers, skull, and, uh, and we did sh like shoulders and, and neck meat, I think. Yeah, shoulders with with the neck meat, and then I had a loin pack. Yep. Because we had the packs, we had the game bags. Um, T we ran uh, what tagged out or tagged? Tag bags. Tag bags. Okay. Yes. And then the Which boned one? out meat bags. So you got four big bags, and then. Um, like a smaller bag so the bigger bags we would put like each big bag would hold a hind quarter so put a whole hind quarter in each one of those and then we did shoulders and neck meat and then the smaller bag we put the back straps and inner loins in and that worked good got it got it so uh so you guys got basically this you basically had to do it all yourselves between two of you guys yep. Yep. and this did it take the majority of that day or yeah. did you go back the next day and get the rest or what that looked like we we got all the meat and every and all of our gear and everything back down to camp camp that night wow that evening so well it was after dark i don't know but it wasn't super late it was what i don't know eight o'clock or eight or nine yeah um we started cutting up we started cutting elk up at ten forty, and we got back to camp at like eight or nine yeah. wow long day we we butchered <laughs> We had the elk all deboned and in the bags in two hours, though, which wow. I thought was yeah. you know pretty good. Never done the gutless method, and uh, 
It, it went. Knocked her out. Yeah. So, so you got everything back at camp. Uh, what were Jonah and Ray doing? Did they were they back at camp at that point, or like yeah. on your last load? Probably they were. Yeah, there. <laughs> yeah. The first load down, we were hoping they were going to be there, but then it's like uh, what six o'clock. Mm-hmm. So they were, you know, they had come back to camp middle of the day, and they went back out hunting because we we're like, man, I hope they're there because they can go go up and at least, you know, help carry this last load down. But yeah, they were gone hunting, so. Yeah. Like, well, we sat down there on the river, drank some water, had a little snack because we hadn't eaten hardly anything all day. And uh, we're like, well, I guess he-. while we were sitting there <laughs> eating the snack and uh, we heard a bugle. And Charlie's like, dude, go get your bow. And I'm like, I don't know, man. I said, we, we already got one down. Yeah. You know, let's get that taken care right. of. Right. So. Turns out it was Jonah bugling. You know they were trying to locate. So I'm glad we didn't go chasing after the bugle. But uh, that's too good. So you got everything back to base camp, um, and then you guys met up that night, and then you guys came out basically back to the truck the next morning. Next all morning, four yeah. of them, all four of us, all, yeah. the, all the meat, everything. Yeah, which yeah. then that's when I saw you guys. Yeah, that and, that creek that was right next to us was like really really nice to have because we just hung the meat above it and the thermals came down and kept it cool yeah yeah got it and you took it out of the garbage bag or whatever it was in yeah we just hung a lot of air out yeah yeah. in the game bags whatever cool so you brought it down um you got to we hung it up in the walk-in you know which is yeah that was was a nice luxury very good connection yeah yeah yeah, that was sweet so um but the plan was you guys are gonna get kind of showered up clean up a little bit which is another very good connection (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 and then uh plan was to go go back out right you guys are out for two weeks and that was basically the end of week one right there pretty much yeah three more tags to fill yeah yeah so um you went back in that same spot and we're same trailhead and were you in similar location or did you kind of yeah we went back into that same camp I think the next day we might have just hung out for the yeah, most part. Cause that's we, when I was writing. Yeah, that's when you wrote the article earlier, you know, wrote in your journal. But, yeah, so the next day was kind of a wash. Everybody, Charlie and I was really much, we were done, you know, <laughs> all the packing and everything. And So the following morning we decided, well, we're going to go back up to that bench because there was a lot of elk sign. And uh, we get up to the bench and we get up to where we, you know, shot the bull or and you know told the story and Jonah says well, I you know I want to see the carcass because we were telling him how big of an animal they were and so we're like side hill and basically following the trail the blood trail over there and we get about 40 yards from the carcass and uh I'm like and I'm in the lead I think if I remember right and I'm like oh there's a bear on it and then somebody that's you know a little bit farther back they're like well yeah they got a, it's got a cub too so there's a sound <laughs> oh, of cub no. on this carcass and which was really cool, you know, and the wind, they couldn't smell us, wind was good, and, you know, bears can't really see, so, you know, we pretty much just watched them for a few minutes and got some photos, and, you know, we just eased out of there, and I don't think the bear ever even left the carcass. Yeah, didn't know what was going on. Right. So, yeah, we just kept hunting all the way up, basically to the peak of this mountain, and uh, we get up to the peak, like, at uh, high noon, and uh 
we're up there and all of a sudden we hear some cows mewing like right down right below us so we dump the three of us dump our packs and we're dropping in on these cows you know trying to because that we had either sex tags and yeah at this point we're like hey you know we're all gonna shoot anything a cow. legal yeah. yeah so that's not really working out and then a bull starts bugling down in this other basin so somehow jonah and i get hooked hooked up together and we're dropping down in and jonah ran back up got his bugle tube and we're dropping back in and uh trying to get this bull but he's he's a long ways away yeah and, you know jonah's wanting to go go after him i'm like dude we don't have no water we don't even have our packs we don't you know charlie and ray don't know what we're gonna do i says we need let's regroup and so we we all get met back up like an hour later and uh yeah we decide we're gonna drop in on this bull i mean it's the middle of the day the it's like what now september 3rd got a bull bugling you know high noon so he's hot i think he was he had some cows yeah because he was every time we'd bugle he'd kind of like get further away oh he's pushing them yeah 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 makes sense i mean that early september first week of september they're starting that's basically getting into the rut pre-rut you know so it's not out of the question for sure right meantime ray and i were uh taking the high road oh yeah trying to cut him off and uh went it up called in a calf yeah that, you guys <laughs> that were really cool. close to him yeah right? super close probably 20 yards yeah just looking at us we're yeah. out in the middle of an open and ray's just hiding behind his bow you know <laughs> well, that's yeah. cool so the so that was the first day kind of back after it back after it yeah so yep we're we all get regrouped and we all start just kind of dropping in on these elk and we're going down and you know it's it's pretty rough going a lot of uh blowdowns and going through these drainages and we're kind of going really slow because we're wanting the wind to switch you know for the thermals and finally you know now it's four it's yeah three four, or four four o'clock and we kind of had to have a little meeting and say we might not be going back to camp tonight. We're a long ways away, and yeah. if we're going to continue after these elk, we're pretty much just going to have to make the decision to, you know, we don't want to go bushwhacking it across that mountain after dark. You know, yeah. safety's uh, you got to think about safety a little yeah. bit. Yeah, for sure. So that was kind of the decision. We're going to probably end up staying the night out there. You know, with no sleeping bags and tents or anything like that, and. But that was an awesome night. Yeah, Wind. tell us tell us about that because you, you made the decision. You're like, this is a good area. Bulls are bugling. We're in the zone. The whole time we were like talking about this plan. Like you'd have like a few like small chuckles and like some bugles from that bull that we were hearing earlier. So we're like, all right, we ended up deciding to stay. So kind of start going in on this bull. We get set up on him. And he's bugling and kind of pushing and back and forth, you know. Mm-hmm. So we bugle and he's probably within 150 yards, don't you think? Oh, yeah. They, he, We're hearing sticks snap. It's just so thick we can't see very yeah. – we probably can't see 50 yards. <clears throat> back in the dark timber. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm holding back. I don't have my bow anymore. I just got my bugle tube and the camera on. So I'm bugling at him and then I'm like telling these guys to go in. Yeah, we pretty much just kind of fanned out. And just started pushing in on this bull, and 
turns out, I mean, there were five bulls in there bugling. I mean, they were going crazy. Once, uh, like, once we got this bull pissed off, the other ones started chiming in, and it was kind of like a territory thing. Like, these guys were going after this bull, and then another bull pipes off, so I'm with Jonah now, and we're going in on this other bull, and they all sound mature, like, you know how they got that throaty... guttural kind of... Yeah, yeah. Like, growl at the end. Yeah. There was a couple that were doing that, and we're like, man. So, do that, and ended up just being a yelling match for about three hours, and nothing ever happened. Could never... Yeah. Close the deal on that. Yeah, yeah. I think I was really close, but, like, like we said, it was so thick. Um... I'm trying to get into a better, like where I can see a little bit better, and I ended up bumping one of them. You know, mm-hmm. I he was honestly probably within 30, 40, 50 yards of me when I bumped him, but he didn't really know what happened because he only went another, you know, 100 yards or so and started bugling again. Yeah. But yeah, that I was, I had my paycheck on that somebody was going to kill another bull that night. You know, they were just going crazy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know. So nothing came of that night, and then uh, we had to find a spot to sleep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. So this is you'd already made the decision. You're camping out. Yep. And yeah, it was walk us through that a little bit because that's got to be a little bit. Well, it was pitch black when we by the by the time we got all done with the bulls and everything. Yeah, it was dark by the time we all got regrouped, and uh, I don't know. We I wanted to camp next to a rock. He wanted to find a big rock <laughs> to camp by for whatever reason. So we looked around for about 45 minutes for this big rock. And uh, I don't know. We finally just picked a spot and everybody started gathering firewood. Got a big pile of that. And big white we man. didn't have any. Uh, a big what? Big white man fire. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no food really. We had our lunch. We had a little bit of lunch left over, so you know we were trying to not eat too much so we could have something, something for, for the morning. And uh, yeah, it was rough, but stuck my feet. I emptied my pack out and like took all the compression straps off and stuff. And I put like put it on like a half sleeping bag because <laughs> I've heard of Aaron Snyder. He's like, yeah, wear it like a. That makes sense. Well, it's like still a little cold. mummy bag. Yeah, at least, yeah. At least keep your feet a little warmer. And luckily, I think it was. Actually, probably temperatures were above normal. Then, I mean, yeah, I had a thermometer on my compass, and I guess I can't recall what it was that night, but I think it got below freezing that night. Yeah, was it? I don't know, but it it was rough. <laughs> Not a lot of sleep. But. Yeah. So, so you wake up the next morning, and and what does that look like? I mean, you're getting down towards the tail end of the trip at this point. You got probably what four days left. Yeah, I'm going to say something like that. And our plan was if we get into these elk and we stay, we're going to be able to get up and hunt again. Yeah. But. They moved off. Well, I don't know. And we were, you know, no sleep. You're already. Yeah, no food. You're already tired. So we're just like, all right, let's go back to camp. Because there's actually a trail that come into this area that was closer than the trail that we were camping by. So we said, all right, let's go back to camp. We'll take like a couple hour nap. We'll go back down to the truck, move the truck down the road, which you didn't have to go very far, and we'll go back up this other trail. So we get back to camp, get something to eat. Everybody takes a nap, and we wake up, and it's 6.30. (laughs) So we slept like all afternoon. So we're like, 
Now what are we going to do? Well, we're still going to move, so let's pack down to the truck, move the truck down, we'll sleep at the truck, and we'll get up like at 4 o'clock in the morning, and we'll go up this other trail and try to get back in this area where these elk are at. So we do that, go down to the truck, stay the night at the truck, and we wake up about daylight. You know, we're just, we're getting exhausted. Yeah. Well, so we load our stuff up, and we tried to go a little bit extra lightweight. What we did was uh, we only took two of the Kafaru tarps in, and we just did the buddy system, had two guys in each tarp. And, you know, like Charlie would carry the tarp, and I'd carry the stakes. And uh, so Went back after him. Yep. Yeah. So, um, what, uh, so I maybe not cover like all the details, but I know you got into a bull and that was what, like the second to last day, last day? That was our last full day of hunting. Yeah. We had, uh, found a place to camp, which was, uh, luckily Charlie somehow finds a small shovel on our way up there. (laughs) And for some reason, strapped it on his pack. But I was glad we had it because we could not find a flat place to to lay down. To lay down. So Charlie had the shovel. So we dug out little spots for our uh, air pad. Yeah, for our air pad. Nice. Hunted that afternoon. Uh, split up. Ray and I had found a bench that afternoon. No luck, you know, no elk, no nothing. Uh, so the next morning, same thing. Ray and I are hunting together. Charlie and Jonah take off to the, it was kind of like, what, east, I guess. And Yeah. And Ray and I are going to drop down this drainage and then over to this bench. And we get over there, kind of first light, uh, bugled, no responses, uh, hung out there for probably 30 minutes. And uh, then we just started, like, working to the west and, uh, you know, we're, go down a drainage and back up the other side and you know bugle again you guys went like way down yeah we yeah (laughs) they probably lost like a thousand feet yeah or 1500 probably right so we go through or across like three of these small drainages and we get to the third one and ray rips this bugle and a bull answers straight above the first spot we were at now it's I don't know, around like 9 o'clock in the morning. So we know that the thermals are going to switch. So, you know, in the morning they're coming down. Yep. So we know that we can't go over and get underneath of him. So we basically decided we're going to go straight up and try to get either just above him or at least, you know, level with him. And this side of the ridge is like steep. It like, is Like steep. Your, your knees are hitting... <laughs> You're, you're, you're grabbing on oh, yeah. any brush to kind it, of yeah, traverse that. Some of that is hands and feet, especially going through the drainages that are coming down the side of the mountain. That was what was really rough. Brutal, yeah. So, yeah, we just work our way, like Charlie said, it was probably a 1,000 vertical feet. We get up where we think we're, like, level with him and uh, bugling every, you know, 10 minutes or whatever. Get level with the bull, start you know, side hilling him over and uh he's not really moving, but he's still answering basically every bugle. So we can at least we're able to know keep, where he's at. Yeah, keep tabs yeah. on him. And then we get over to this small 
little drainage on the side of the mountain that was, uh, you know, no trees in it or anything, and it was only like 40 yards across. And we are close enough that we know that we can't cross that drainage. So we we were probably 20 or 30 minutes just bugling back and forth. And he, you can hear him raking trees, and then Ray's raking trees. And, and uh, finally, I mean, I'd range the other side of this uh, little drainage probably 15 times and it's 40 yards and I just had vi- envisioned what this bull was going to do you know he's going to come out and either come down into the drainage or come out and start to go up it and pretty soon all I see is antlers coming so I draw my bow and he turns and he goes right up the side of that drainage and you know I'm at full draw the bull's walking and I never stopped him, and I don't know why, but I just all the <laughs> all the adrenaline adrenaline man. got me, and I shot at a walking bull at forty yards, and I hit him in the hind quarter. Oh no! I, yeah. yeah, I was sick to my stomach, and it was a nice, it was a good bull. I don't know if it was a five by five or a six by six, but it was a it was a really good bull, and you know I I, I think about that every day ten times. Yeah, you know, I can imagine. So we've all been there, you know, yeah, it's just it like was, it gets to you and it's not easy. Yeah. That's, that's pretty but, cool though. Um, I mean, just to, to get a shot, I mean, yep. especially, I mean, Charlie, you killing the bull or you guys both getting shots on that. You guys taking that down. Uh, and then Josh getting a shot on that one. I mean, that's yeah. and for your first time doing it. It's pretty. Yeah. It was an epic first yeah, year. Yeah, for sure. I'd say you guys are right into it. I mean, a lot of people I've talked to, especially their first time, and they're lucky to even see an elk, let alone you know get some shots off and yeah. let alone kill one. You know, so I'd say you guys did a pretty good job for the yeah. first year. I think a lot of that was probably. I mean, we went, we were back in there quite a ways, and <clears throat> oh, you definitely. It's not for lack of effort. I mean, yeah. you guys got after it, and I mean, I I told you guys before, I was I was impressed with what you're doing because, I mean. I see like usually like a somebody who's never hunted before maybe they're going to go out and hunt from the road or set up kind of a base camp and kind of learn the ropes that way I mean you guys just went like full bore into it everything on your back and just went in the back country and, and made it happen so that's it's pretty unique I think in a lot of scenarios yeah something you kind of work up to but you guys just <laughs> you're like we're doing this and it's it's gonna happen so that's awesome that's awesome um so charlie what's uh what's it like to be a magazine star now you just got (laughs) you've recently uh featured in eastman's hunting or is it eastman's or eastman's bow hunting or yeah eastman's bow hunting nice nice yeah that's awesome pretty cool to yeah see yourself in uh in the magazine so um charlie when did you pick up photography couple years ago yeah a couple years ago yeah so a uh, couple years ago you started getting into uh, you know basically wildlife photography and kind of getting into that but you were able to take some pretty pretty cool images and you know stuff along the way especially your bull but uh, talk to us a little bit about that you know and kind of capturing the moments and then getting into uh, you know how you kind of wrote the story and kept a journal and then how the magazine came to be well, so I've always liked people on social media that portray like the whole adventure. Mm-hmm. So 
there's a few guys like Stephen Drake is a really good example. Like he'll storytelling through imagery. So that was really cool to see that. So that's kind of been like one of my idols, or role models in yeah. that aspect. So I've just took my camera and decided to just bring the extra weight. Document and, it. Yeah, it'd be worth it in yeah. the long run for sure. So I'm just like snapping pictures the whole time and just like trying to find cool shots. So ended up getting some cool shots of the bull and pack out and everything like that. And um, that day we took a rest day after we took the bull to town. I had this journal that my girlfriend got me. And uh, we were always, like, the whole time we were up there, we were like, well, let's keep a daily journal, kind of like how it went so we can look back on it. Well, I just started writing, like, every detail out. I was like, and then let my buddies read it. And they're like, man, this is good. You should submit it to Eastman's. And I was like, they have a thing like that? And then he's like, yeah, you just write your story and submit some pictures, and then they'll let you know. And then, like, I was got home from the trip, and I was busy working and stuff, you know, so I was like, man, I keep putting it off, putting it off. And then you actually contacted Todd Helms. Yep, yeah, so I <clears throat> I have a couple of connections there for, through Quiet Cat. We've worked with them before, and, uh, yeah, so you were like, yeah, I'm thinking about submitting it to Eastman's. I was like, yeah, I'll I'll reach out to the guys I know and be like, hey, you know, here's some pictures of my buddy's bull and and it's a pretty sweet story. It's a really unique bull. It's like their first hunt and they made it happen and we're successful and you wrote a really cool story. Um, I think when this podcast launches, when, what issue is it? Is it the uh, February March or March, March April? April? March April. March April. So it's the March April issue. Could still be on stand by the time you know yeah. this goes out. Are they going to do anything online with it? I'm after? not sure. Okay. Well, either way, we'll uh, <clears throat> we'll post some links to uh, to Charlie's Instagram and stuff like that, where people can see the see the bull and and uh, if something comes out between now and then online or whatever, long term, we can we can post it on there too. So it's sure. a really cool story. But if you guys get a chance, or you might have, if you do subscribe or have Eastman's magazine, you probably will see it in there. Um, and what's uh what is the article? Is there an article title to it or it's called Freak? Freak? Yeah. Freak. <laughs> nice. That's real good. very fitting name though, right? So that's really cool. That's that's awesome, man. Yeah. Congrats. Big thanks to you for the hookup. Yeah, man. Anytime. Anytime. Um well cool. Well we've we've been at this geez, hour I think we're over an hour now, hour and fifteen. But um but yeah, no, really cool story, guys. And I just think it's it's sweet that you guys just went for it. Um, it kind of sounds like just keep after it and adjust and stay mobile and, yeah. in your guys' scenario. And and I'd know, say good like, things will happen. You know. Yeah, definitely. The takeaway would probably be just like determination and like adjustment. Probably. Yeah. 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 Have a backup plan. Yeah. Because you never know. Yeah, we didn't have a backup plan initially, and we just winged it. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, you made it work, and I, you know, everyone talks about having a plan B, but a lot of times it's it's kind of it's kind of tough, and you get into certain scenarios. It's like you got to go with what's thrown at you, and it sounds like you guys did a hell of a job. So it's pretty cool. Well, thanks thanks for coming on, guys. Yeah, hey, man. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> we'll talk at you later. All right, man. That 
was another cool episode. I am now officially jacked for elk season. It's not that far off. So uh, this is good timing, you know, here coming in the middle of May. And again, that was just super inspiring. And hats off to Charlie, Sweet Bullman, Josh, Jonah, and Ray. All you guys, you guys are badasses. You're my heroes. I hope I'm half as good at elk hunter as you are uh, going into the season because again you guys did it full tilt made it happen and took home a sweet bowl with a lot of lot of cool memories so hope you guys enjoyed that again it, this is all about inspiration this is all about learning this is all about um you guys really at the end of the day so if you want to hear more stories like this or you know somebody who would be a good fit to be on the episode or you have any suggestions of what you want to learn about, what you want to hear on this podcast to help you become a better Western hunter, whether it's elk, mule deer, pronghorn, whatever, shoot me an email. Go to uh, go to the contact page on the Transition Wild website and uh, shoot me a note. would love to hear from you. Plan on bringing a lot more stuff like this uh, going forward. We're going to kick off some gear reviews in the near future, talk with some product companies that are going to help you uh, be a better elk hunter, um, stuff like that. So we've got a lot of stuff coming down the pipeline for the summer of 2018 as we get ready for elk season. And that is all. Well, we're going to, this has been a quite the long episode, but it was jam packed with a lot of information, a lot of good stories over the week hunt, uh, two week hunt actually. So um, let's, let's wrap this up before we do make sure you subscribe again. If you're liking the podcast, we're on the Western big game feed of the Sportsman's nation podcast network. You can, um, leave us a five-star review. If you'd be so kind, I would love that very much appreciated and make sure you're following sportsman's nation on Facebook, Instagram, follow transition wild on Facebook, Instagram, and also make sure you go over to Transition Wild. I've got a lot of good episode or episodes. <laughs> it's getting late again. Uh, articles as some some learning curves that I've kind of experienced over the past couple years. A recent one that I wrote, um, kind of eight lessons I've learned over the past two years of archery elk hunting, and I dive into a lot of detail there. Um, I also wrote another recent article, five things you should be doing right now to prepare for elk season. So just keep an eye on the Transition Wild Facebook or Facebook, um, you know, just keep an eye on the website. There's a lot of good content coming out there. And speaking of subscribe, make sure you go to transitionwild.com so you get all those latest articles, episodes, YouTube videos, these podcasts delivered right to your email as well. Um, So you'll never miss a piece of good content that I am putting out on the internets. So I'd appreciate it if you do that. And for doing so, again, you're going to get that kind of free guide that I've put together. It's not too late to start planning a hunt for this fall. If you go to transitionwild.com, subscribe, you'll get five DIY Western hunts that you can do for under $1,000 for you and a friend. So go do that be much 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 appreciated i will love you forever you guys are awesome appreciate all the good feedback thanks for reaching out thanks for listening and we'll talk to you later